Welcome to Season 5, Episode 21 of the Zebra Before and After Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Ball. Today is the debut of our audio-video podcast, and our special guest is none other than our good friend in Massachusetts, Kristen with Shakto Interiors. We're taking a special tour of her shop and chatting about what it's like to own and run a retail space. Jenna with Happy Valley Restoration shares a refinishing tip, and we hear and see several friends from around the globe on what they are working on in their studios this week. If you want to tune in to more than the audio, go to enjoyzebra.com and scroll down to podcast under company. Then click on the YouTube link provided. Stay with us, friends. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Hi, Kristen. Hey, listen, it's so good to see you. And I mean, see you because obviously we have a lot of folks that are listening on their podcast directories, and I want them to know as was mentioned in the intro, that you can also tune in to our YouTube channel and see what's going on. And we'll try to be as descriptive as possible for our listeners so that they're not they're not wondering, what are we talking about? So the cool thing about this, though, that I love is that I can see you and you can see me and we can have a conversation that's just a little bit easier, I think, in many respects than uh, than just audio only. And on top of that, What's really nice is today we're going to take a tour of Kristen's shop. And so she's going to show us around. I'm going to ask some questions and we're going to learn more about what is involved in running a shop. But obviously before we do that, Kristen is sitting in the front of her shop and I see that there's <laughs> sun beaming in, at least it looks like it. It could be a cloudy day too with, with bright light. But so you got to give me a weather report, Kristen. Tell me what's going on in Massachusetts. Oh yeah. And I'm very happy to report that it is sunny and supposed to be around 80 degrees, um, maybe in Boston, but we're always a little bit cooler on the coast here, which is, you know, you can't complain for the first week of October in New England. So we've been <laughs> so lucky the past couple of days with nice weather. Yeah, your weather honestly sounds like North Carolina weather right now because I, I looked in the forecast and it said, 80 degrees today, sunshine and 80 degrees. Just go ahead and tell people where you live. How far out are, out are you from uh, Boston? So we're um, on the north shore of Boston. So we're about 40 minutes north uh, on Cape Ann. And you said it's a little cooler, right? Yeah, it's always a little bit cooler here on the coast because we're, we're, even the shop here is you, you can walk out the front door and see the ocean. So we're really close. <laughs> I think you're creating a lot of envy. Uh, I know you are in me with our listeners too. So, um, so listen, Chris, so, you know, you've been on the podcast multiple times and so it's good to have you back on, but it's uh, good to have you on, especially debuting the, the video version of the podcast as well. But I still, you know, we always get new listeners. And so what I'd like for you to do is give us a 30,000 foot view of all the businesses you own, because you own several. Yeah. You're very busy. But you always look like you're having fun with it. I know there's stress involved too, but it always look like you're having a good time. So if you don't mind just telling us like what, what you do okay. and what, what different businesses you run. Right. So I originally started refinishing furniture. That's my main business. And I did that for a long time. I think I like professionally, I'm going on 11 years of doing that. Um, and then down the road, I 
started the Chateau Interior's milk paint line. And I think I'm coming up on six years of that. I just love the milk paint. It's just so different than every other paint. So I used it and I'm like, I just, you know, I have my brand and get my colors and, you know, um, so I have that part. And so I think I'm coming up on four years of having the shop. I think it'll be four years this winter. So that is a whole nother business to run, which right now I kind of keep my hours limited because I do have a lot to do. So I just pretty much try to stick with like what works best for me. And um, so that's how I do it. I kind of have to cut back on I also do the custom work which is part of the furniture refinishing business so I kind of have to sometimes cut back on taking on that kind of work but um yeah it's it's a lot to handle I guess yeah and that and that doesn't even address the just leisure family uh, vacation yeah that's <laughs> right <laughs> You know, you said you've been doing furniture for 11 years, which is really cool because you did furniture then when furniture wasn't necessarily popular. It wasn't like it is today as far as furniture finishers. Right. Yeah. You're you're a uh, trailblazer in that sense. So tell me this. You are not new to painting. You were 11 years ago. You started furniture uh, refinishing. But uh, I believe you and Keith, your husband, also... We're doing house painting, right? Right. When we were first together, he had a house painting company and he kind of branched out into like carpentry and I actually worked alongside him. So I was, I've always been doing painting, interior, exterior, and even carpentry work. I've tiled, I've, you know, redone kitchens and, you know, the furniture was just kind of a hobby for a long time. And I just loved doing it. And then eventually I was like, I think I might be able to make money off of, (laughs) you know, (laughs) selling the furniture. So, yeah. So Keith doesn't do as much painting anymore. He does more carpentry and home improvement projects. And now I'm painting all the time. (laughs) So, well, there was a time not too long ago that he was helping with furniture finishing, right? Yeah. Sometimes in the winter, if he has a little bit of a break between projects, uh, he'll definitely come in and help me. He likes to like repair the pieces, prep them, help paint them, and then he'll bring them to the shop and I'll finish them. Like if it needs to be distressed or I'll top coat them, get the hardware and do the pictures. So it's like half of the work when he's, you know, getting them ready for me. So, yeah. You mentioned custom work. I would even say that, you know, if you think about furniture refinishing, when folks either buy a piece, refinish it, and then they sell it, but they can pretty much do what they want to, you know, with that piece because it's not a custom piece. And then you look at custom work, that's almost like, another business it is. because the demands of custom work are different than the demands of just buying and, and you know, refinishing and reselling a piece. So right. you've got multiple things going on. You were talking about when you started 11 years ago, did you immediately gravitate to milk paint 11 years ago or were you like doing, I suppose, what, like chalk paint uh, and then 
Like, how did that evolve? Um, yeah, you know, I never got into the chalk paint. I think I just, when I would go online, I'd see these pieces done in milk paint, and I'd just be like, wow, those are so different. And at the time, everybody was using chalk paint. So I just thought, well, I'm going to do something different. So that's why I started doing that and the fact that it's non-toxic. So I was also like, I don't want to be around chemicals if I'm doing this every day, all day. So that was another reason why I chose the milk paint. And then so... You started doing milk paint, and then I think you said, what was it? Was it about four years later that you started the milk paint business? Yeah, I think I'm coming up on maybe six years on the milk paint business. Yeah. This always fascinates me. I love this because when somebody goes from an idea to where they make it happen, that's a big deal because a lot of people... Um, and we probably all fall in this bucket sometimes where we have ideas, but then they never really happen. And so, you know, you always question, why don't they happen? What is stopping me from implementing or making this sort of this dream come true or this idea that I have? But you had an idea to start a milk paint company. You made it happen. Yeah. You had an idea to start a shop. You made it happen. So that those are, you know, those are big deals and yeah. I think you you have our ear. Tell me specifically though with the milk paint, what made you decide to start a milk paint company? You know, first of all, like what you're saying, the only regret I have about doing all this is that I didn't do it sooner. You know, I don't know what it was that I was like, oh no, it's been done. It's been done. You know, like I think that was the one thing I was like, oh, you know, there's so many furniture painters there's so many paint companies and you know it's been done but I think I just got to the point where I was like well what do I get to lose you know right now who cares if it fails you know and one of the biggest things too is uh, the other thing I forgot to mention is that I teach furniture painting classes (laughs) that's right that's right I yeah. should have wrote down. So we, we just keep adding these little buckets on, don't yeah, we? Yeah, <laughs> like, geez, I forgot about that. I just had a class last yeah. weekend, but, you know, people are just so afraid of making a mistake, you know? And I just feel like I always learn from my mistakes. You know, it's one of those things like you do it, doesn't, it's trial and error. And obviously, you're not going to paint furniture like I do. I've been doing it this long, you know, and, and I just think people are afraid of failure or making a mistake. So I would just say just to go for it because that that was my only regret that I didn't do it sooner, even opening the shop. Like, I wish I did it sooner. <laughs> you opened the shop, was it right before the pandemic? Like you were getting things ready before the pandemic, right? Yeah, I moved in in January, and then I was planning my grand opening for March, which is when everything got shut down. So I was in here setting up the shop and then realized, geez, I don't even know if I'll be able to open, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and then when, then when things started changing in the lockdowns and then those sorts of uh, hard things that everybody had to go through, you didn't know how long it was going to last. Right. Were you stressed? Like, I'm okay, so I've got this place now and I could be sitting on this shop for, I guess I should ask you, do you own it or are you leasing the shop? I'm leasing it. 
that's a different level of stress. Right. I mean, he would be even stressed even if you owned it because you, you've got this property right. that you're not able to generate any revenue with. But uh, I basically, you know, looking back, it was actually one of the best things because I could leave the house and come here, you know, when everybody was on lockdown. There's no one here and I didn't have to worry, you know, could get out of the house and um, work on pieces. And, and at the same time, People who never had time to do these projects and painting had the time. So, you know, we were selling milk paint. We were, you know, shipping things out from here. And um, so it all, it all worked out. But I always, you know, think to myself what, what it would have been had that not happened, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's neat. The ability to have had, the, like you just said, to be able to sell product online. Because I know online businesses uh did really well right. during that time depending on what they were if they were able to survive through right. it so you've got the milk paint let me ask you this question with respect to furniture finishing as you well know every year just as anything whether it's home design whether it's fashion design furniture is no different right and so there's style trends that change they come and go some things are mainstays you know where they always kind of stay there's always um there's always a demand for it would you say milk paint is one of those? Because uh, the cool thing about it is you can distress, but you don't have to distress. Right. So just because it's milk paint doesn't mean it ha it's going to be a distressed piece. What? Tell me a little bit about the trends that you see, not only as a furniture finisher, but also with your milk paint business. I've seen a lot more wood lately, I think. People are doing more like wood tones and using... Uh, washes and maybe bleaching wood. The milk paint is actually great for that because you can make washes with the milk paint and you basically it's just more uh, watered down than you would you were just regularly painting something. Um, so that seems to be a trend right now. Um, even in the shop right now, I, I have probably more wood pieces than I do painted. Do you? Sometimes I'll just try it, you know, and if it doesn't sell, I'll paint it, you know. So it really depends on the piece. But a lot of, I feel like people are getting away from white furniture. I feel like people are getting back into color. Green's really popular. Black is really popular. I haven't done a white piece in a long time. You said greens. Would you say Clark Pond Green is doing well? <laughs> yep, Clark Pond. I'll never forget that color. <laughs> the infamous potato bin. Yeah, for our listeners, if you're not familiar. Gosh, Kristen, when was that? Was that? It must have been in 2018, 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah, we hosted, uh, Zebra hosted a, a challenge to pick a piece of furniture and that furniture that we picked was a potato bin. And then we had several designers, several uh, refinishers give us ideas on how to refinish it. And uh, Kristen won that, uh, the, the idea that she came up with, she won it. And so she coached me on how to refinish this potato bin. And of course, we used Clark Pond Green, which was, is one of my favorite colors. It turned out to be, um, it turned out to be a really nice uh -huh. piece, I might say. Because because of your coaching, you did really well. Well, it was it was fun. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. Uh, so you said the the 
whites, not doing a lot of whites. The the probably would you say the moodier tones like yeah, the, definitely. the deep browns and yeah, those. Um, I feel like actually we just had a new dark brown um, called uh, Dogtown Brown, but I have been seeing a lot more of that color. Your color, Magnolia Pier, isn't that kind of a brown? Yep, that's a brown, like a brown gray. Yeah, that one's yeah, one I like that color. Popular colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful color. Uh, now, let me ask you this question. So, with the pieces that you're refinishing, have you stepped away from distressing them, or are you still distressing and selling uh, distressed pieces? Um, I'm probably doing a little less distressed pieces. Uh, the chippy pieces that I do... They usually always sell, so I don't think that's going out a style. You know, it's there's a difference, I think, between like the farmhouse style and the old world chippy finish. Like, yeah. chippy, those are kind of two different. Although, I mean, you could, people might argue about that, but yeah, I feel like those pieces are still selling. Uh, I don't do as much of them but i do love doing them i don't know no i i I like the way you distinguish between the uh farmhouse i think you said farmhouse and old world right right yeah because you can have a chippy piece that's not in that because when i think of the farmhouse style i just think of like the white with the black hardware and the yeah medium tone you know uh more country style but i think chippy could also go more old world style yeah no i like that a lot i think that's really effective i think it's important when we talk about different styles to segment them out i think that's helpful for everybody involved (laughs) so one of the things i'm excited about doing today is to see a shop and so uh, we're going to take a tour and i'll try to be as descriptive as possible for again for our listeners but also to encourage our listeners if you are listening to uh, take some time to go um, watch the the video of this as well. It's uh, it's kind of neat to to be able to see what we're talking about. So why don't we do that? We're at the front of the store, and so we're just going to have Kristen walk us through the store, and uh, then when we get done taking a quick tour, we got I have some questions for her about owning a shop and what's involved in that. So why don't you do that? So you're at the front, Kristen. Yeah. So this is the front. So when you come in, I basically have like a bunch of textiles over here, pillows, rugs, and whatnot. Um, and then as you come through, I usually just go this way. Right now, I'm just, <laughs> it might be a little, few things out of place, but um, usually when we're open, we'll put stuff outside and, you know, get people excited to come in. So yeah, some pieces... Like this one um, is for sale, but I use it as display and, you know, I'll replace it, get a new one. This is, like I said, some unpainted pieces. Hey, Kristen, I bet I bet that's a challenge, though. I'm looking at that piece and you've got all those. Uh, those are all products for sale, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so somebody comes in and they want to buy that. Uh-huh. You just you got to figure out where to put all that stuff. Yeah. I well at the moment I have a backup piece in my my old shack. So yeah, I just have to be ready for that. And and that's same as like when any piece sells, 
I got to move all the stuff and put it somewhere else. <laughs> it looks like furniture is throughout the whole store. And then you have a lot yep. of these items that you sell either on top of them or next to them or on the floor, right? Right. Yeah. Like you can see this yellow piece. Yeah. I'll put pillows. And so anytime something sells, I have to rearrange pretty much the whole store. It's it's like you're excited to sell a piece, but you're like, oh man, I got work to do. Now. I know. Then I'm like, geez, where am I going to put all this stuff? Yeah. No, what you need to do is you need to say, you want this piece? Don't you want all these items that go with it that are right. on it? Right. <laughs> well, this, this looks really good on here. Yeah. So I have more kind of like textiles, napkins and stuff. Some vintage. I Not everything's new. I have, you'll see like vintage items. Now, what are those? Are those like a, a cast uh, canisters? Yeah, these are like mid-century aluminum canisters. So, yeah, I have a mix of stuff. Just real quick, Kristen, you also sell... Now, are these things also online or do you have different products online than what you have in the shop? Yeah, I try to get as much online as I can. Not everything is, but sometimes like when I'm doing videos on Instagram or Facebook and someone sees something and it's not online, I'm, you know, I can just send an invoice and ship it out. And then, of course, now you've got all your milk paint. What is this about halfway down the store? All of your milk paint products? Yeah, it's about in the middle. Now, are those all of your colors that are, are all your colors available in your shop? All of these colors are here. Yeah, they're all available. I, at one point, started to put samples on these old balusters I had, but I ran out. <laughs> <laughs> you need more balusters, so, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> yeah, because we kept adding more colors, and I think we have about 39 colors now. Oh, that's great. So, and you can also see we have all the zebra brushes in yes. the drawers. Yay! All right. We love that. Yeah. Now, now it, I can't see from the uh, video, where are the zebra brushes? Are they... Oh, sorry. Oh, I see them down there. Very yep. good. Had to make sure that we got some good video of those beautiful <laughs> brushes. Yeah. So we have that, and then we have the top coat and brushes now. We have the samples of the milk paint, and then more zebra brushes. What do you find yourself selling more in your shop locally as far as the brushes uh, specifically is it because i know you like the, the two inch stubby so that's your favorite or do you do you are you do you kind of promote that over some of the others when someone comes in i usually ask what they're painting and then i go from there you know like if someone has the uh spindles i'll recommend the round brush you know and if it's a big piece i'll Recommend the chiseled wedge, the palm pros, and the angled ones are multi-purpose, you know. Yeah, I know. I say that's great because, uh, you know, as everybody knows who knows, our, our brushes, they're all designed for specific applications. So that is always the question that we ask, uh, what are you painting? And then we can quickly tell you what is the best brush for that. So it's excellent. Right. And then something new we just put on the website are all these hand-painted sticks of the milk paint, so you get the actual color. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you can order those online. Moving on, we have... I have a lot of candles in here. This is a local company. 
vitamin C. They have really good scents. And like I said, I have more natural word pieces. <laughs> Those are pretty. Chippy pieces. Um, more candles. These are everybody's favorite. Um, Katie Clouds. Candles. And that's my, my award over there. I didn't have room up front, so it's over there. Yeah, because uh, the GBA award that you won, was that last year? It was, no, it wasn't last year. It was uh, 2021. Uh, okay. Well, we guess we've done four, I believe. And so it's yeah. hard for me to kind of keep track of. Um, I remember who has won, whether it's the um, an actual category winner or whether you know, it's a finalist, but it's hard to remember what year. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. It's a lot of people to remember. This is like a laundry stain bar and they have a dog bar. We have a dog groomer right across the street. So we always have dogs in here too. <laughs> so are do the that company that you were just talking about, are they are they online as well? Holdfast is, yep. They do a lot of the like uh farmers markets and makers markets yeah their soaps are really nice they have a seafarer soap that you could also use in salt water and then they started making these baskets too those are popular i bet your shop smells good <laughs> with all it those really does. candles and soaps all the candles and the soaps and everybody is always like it smells so good in here <laughs> and I have Laura Katie's her candles and the room her room sprays. I don't know if you have tried her yeah, sprays. They're great. They're so good. So I have more of her stuff up here. All of her stuff is, you know, we we buy from uh from her and there's really nothing that we've ever purchased that we were disappointed with. Uh, actually Oh yeah. More impressed yeah. once we get it, you know, cuz especially if you're buying online and you can't smell, you read she does a good job with the descriptions. So, descriptions. Um, yeah, yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. And this is where I keep all the hardware. And people love coming in and looking through all this hardware. Now, is, is all of the hardware that you sell, is it, are those wholesale purchased or, or are some of those just things you find in uh, um, antique stores? Yeah, they're mostly wholesale purchased. I do sometimes put out which I really should. I have a huge collection of vintage an antique ones, but I do have like um, some old uh, doorknobs. Like I'll sometimes I'll put that stuff out uh, just for. But the people who come in, my regulars, know that I keep this full of other things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's like a treasure chest in there. It's right? It's like a little treasure chest yeah. if you know, you know, type of thing. Very good. Well, we've enjoyed this tour. This is really good. And uh, the, the downside to doing this is people who are out of town, out of state, that can't get there are going to be jealous because they can't come in and shop. <laughs> but I suppose if they see something in there that they like, they could contact you and yeah. say, hey, can uh, we talk about arranging shipment? That's cool. I also, I forgot to mention, I do have a little workshop in the back, if you see that window. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've talked about that on podcasts in the past that you need to have it where you can people can come to the window and watch you work, remember? And you yeah. have a little microphone. <laughs> well, then, I, then the shop would be empty. I'd never get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, usually I'll come in here when the shop's not open 
and work. And it's, you know, it's really small. This is a piece I'm working on right now. Um, but it's definitely like I love having this little space to to work and then just roll it out front. Now, did you put the window in that office or was that window already there? The window into the office. Oh, this one. Yeah, the window into the, your oh, shop. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. No, Keith put that in. I should mention that because he'll be like, oh, who did that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we this was just a regular wall and then... I had that old window and yeah, Keith put that in and then did this, the rough cut boards there. And I just did a wash with the milk paint on those just to give them like a, a whitewash look. And uh, yeah, he, he put the window in so I can be out back and still peek out. And you'll see I got a little curtain there with, with a clamp holding it. <laughs> sometimes i'll shut it <laughs> yeah no that no i like that i just pointed that out because if you know if you um for the listeners if you're looking to start a shop and you're doing a lot of refinishing then that that is a really wise thing to do on the front end so that you can work and see you know i mean even if your shop's open and you're the only one manning it you could you could you know stop and go out and help the customer yeah, and I also got a little doorbell because <laughs> a couple of times I'd be back there and, you know, people would come back and scare me. I'm like, geez, <laughs> I we were in here. So I'm like, you know what? I think I got to get a doorbell just so when the door opens, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. We're going to take a quick break now to hear from our sponsor. My name is Ellen with Vintage Key, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. When I used my first Zebra brush, I realized I wasn't losing bristles on my painted furniture anymore. Now I only use Zebra, and I can honestly say I've never lost a bristle. Not even one. As a small business owner, the quality of my tools matters. Zebra is as good as it gets. Thank you, Ellen, for your kind words about our brushes. It is a great encouragement. So thanks for the tour, Kristen. That was that was really good. I enjoyed that. You know, so many of us get to see bits and pieces when we follow you on your Instagram channel, uh, Chateau Interiors. So that's cool to see that in your stories. But then to be able to have you walk us all the way through it and be able to ask some questions. But, you know, when we think about owning a shop, it sounds exciting. It sounds like uh, it really gives opportunity for your creative juices to flow and to be able to be creative in multiple different ways. But one of the things that comes to mind is you've got everything in there. That place has inventory. You know, you said you've got some floor space open up for some furniture refinishing pieces. However, when I look at all those pieces uh, or all those different accessories, is, is that stressful? Because you got to be buying these things. And that's why the reason why I was asking about are these antique pieces that you purchased? Are they wholesale right. uh, items? Because you, you've got to stay on top of that. You got to stay on top of trends. You got to know what yeah. your area needs. And that just seems like that would be a lot of work. I assume it is a lot of work, but is that something you enjoy? And how do you toggle back and forth between making sure you've got things arriving to fill empty spaces? It is. I do love, and I don't do it as much as I used to, like going out picking 
vintage things and antiques. So I do, I don't know, I just, I feel like they just kind of find me those kind of things most of the time. Um, but really, the wholesale, the newer stuff, I just kind of go with what's going on. Like we have a farmer's market near every Sunday all summer. So that's really good with keeping the small inventory going because it's kind of like you yeah. get your furniture people and then you got your local people who might want to pop in for a gift or, you know, they just like browsing and checking out smelling the candles or whatever i try to just keep up with the seasons and try not to like overspend on things and you know it is it is kind of hard to gauge because people will ask for things like oh do you have um more pillows like i i should have mentioned my friend holly makes these awesome pillows and like this is the Manchester zip code, and I have the Gloucester one, so <laughs> it, it's it's kind of funny because Magnolia is considered Manchester and Gloucester. So when I have like these types mm-hmm. of things, it will be like, oh, I wish you had this in Manchester, or I wish you had this in Gloucester. <laughs> so is that pillow just just real quick? The pillow that you showed is that painted or is that stitched? What is that? These are it's all felt hand uh, stitched. Yeah. I can't. So they're oh, okay. all locally wow. made in uh, Beverly, which is the next town over. And um, so, like I said, I try to keep as many local or just small businesses, like people like me, and uh, I tried to keep their products in my shop. So, yeah, I basically just kind of go by what I like, things that I like, uh, things to make your house cozy, like the pillows and the throw blankets obviously now with fall hair which even though it's 80 degrees out (laughs) and yeah just regular like decor items so do you walk through the shop i mean i know you're there all the time but i mean i would think from a mindset you'd have to look at this aspect of it a little bit what i mean is do you walk through the shop and go oh i don't have any more of the zip code pillows i need to contact her to get some here I need, it looks like I'm low on some other items. Is that just, is that like a, does it just happen to you naturally or do you go through once a week and, and, and really create an inventory list of things that you need to order? Yeah, no, I'm more like you said, if I'm like, I'm getting low on the pillows, I'll order more like Katie's candles. I'm like, oh, I know our new season, you know, is coming out. So I'll be like, I'll get the seasonal ones and then I'll order. She has the classic. And um, yeah, I kind of, I don't, it's not so consistent that I can be like, I know exactly what's going to sell that week. That's the problem. It's, you know, it's business isn't so consistent like that all the time. So it's kind of like, well, this, you know, I feel like one year, for like the holiday season, it was like all throw blankets. Like I couldn't even keep a throw blanket. And then the next year, it's like I get a bunch of throw blankets. And guess what? They they want they want something else, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what do you do? Like when that happens, do you do you find yourself putting things on clearance, selling, or do you just put them, hold them back, maybe for next season to see how they're going to do next season? Yeah, I don't. I don't really do like a clearance section, really. However. 
I'll do mm-hmm. like the end of the season. I might do a sale like twenty percent off, like the say the candles, like those seasonal scents, twenty percent off or whatever that might be. You know, flipping seasons, and then if I don't sell, I'm just like I could hold on to them. But yeah, I don't, I don't do a ton of sales like that. I guess it sounds like for you that you're not overly systematic and methodical about stuff as far as it sounds like you, you really rely on your gut a lot. Like, like you said earlier, you, you kind of know what, uh, what sells and what doesn't sell you. Your goal is to try to make your home cozy, to have items that will make your home cozy. Of course, you've got all the items. If somebody's interested in furniture finishing from your built paint to our zebra paintbrushes, which is really uh, very cool to hear. (laughs) Which, uh, which you've been a, you've been a faithful retailer though for quite some time. And so we really are grateful for that. And then, so you just, you just base it on that. Now you, I know you have to be methodical to a degree about seasons. So when will you put out your Christmas stuff? I was in the Hobby Lobby the other day and it is Hobby Lobby, Lowe's, Home Depot. All of these places are Christmas. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. And we always say this every year, don't we? It always seems like every year they, they come out a little sooner. Earlier and earlier. I know. I generally you know definitely have to be after halloween (laughs) i actually have a couple evergreen wreaths tucked over there like i'll slowly infiltrate it like (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's not like you come here like oh the christmas stuff is out like i'll slowly put out like a couple little wintry things um but yeah the same with the pumpkins i i learned last year it's almost like you have to be a season ahead. So August, I put out all the pumpkins and fall stuff. Those have been selling since then. I think people appreciate that. I know everybody I talk to will say that. It's like, oh, I can't believe they're putting you know, Christmas decorations out already uh, or whatever season that we're getting ready to go in when it's so it seems so premature. I know these are the, the big stores, the big retailers, but I think they appreciate when you go into a local shop and the local shop items are present for that season. And, and, you know, I think everybody wants to get a bit of a tease of what, you know, this, right. this is your new stuff for fall or whatever. But I think that, I think that's a, a really good thing to do that because I think it's annoying <laughs> in many respects when you, you know, when you see stuff that early, you know, when you still, you know, for us a year in North Carolina, we have some leaves that are starting to slowly turn, but I mean, I'm looking out my window at green yeah, trees right same. now. Yeah. So, um, 80 degrees, like you said, still mowing the yard and walking into uh, these stores and seeing Christmas is a little bit uh, odd. What is your favorite part of owning a shop? Um, that's kind of funny. I was going to say, like, talking to people. <laughs> um, well, because before I had the shop, I was in my old shack by myself all day, you know, the only interaction I would have would be online. So I I do love, like, being out there more and, like, talking to people and that, but I laugh because then sometimes I talk so long that I don't get anything done. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I spend an hour talking to, you know, so-and-so. And, and it's funny having a shop because I feel like, Sometimes it it could also be like a little therapy session, and <laughs> you know? uh, some people come in and whatever. It's it's 
it's just a different vibe than being in my shack by myself. It really is. And, but the way you do it, uh, I think you mentioned earlier, or maybe this is before we uh, started recording the podcast, we were talking about you have certain days that you open the shop. So like today you're not open. Um, so that gives you time to, you know, to recharge. If you recharge alone, to be working on your furniture pieces, to get them ready to be in the shop or custom orders, like you mentioned. Right. Um, what days are you open? Is it more of the yeah, weekend? So that that's one thing I kind of struggle with because, you know, the more I'm open, I, I feel like the, it's a heavier weight because if I do try to get stuff done and people come in, but I don't know, it's kind of the thing, like if I have less hours, people come and then if they can't get there at that time. But I also, so right now I'm open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Mm -hmm. um, 11 to 4 on Fridays and Saturdays and 11 to 2 on Sundays. So uh, like I said, Sundays all summer we had the farmer's market, so that was really good. So I usually, last year, I think at this time, I expanded from Wednesday to Sunday, and I just was closed the Monday, Tuesday. So right now I'm kind of on the fence about going back to that routine or keeping it as is. Where this street and the village of Magnolia, where I am, doesn't get a ton of foot traffic. It's a little part of Gloucester, and we have a lot of people who go back south for the winter. So um, I'm kind of always like, I want to be open more for people, but if it's not working for me, it's just uh, it's hard to you know figure out what works best. So I'm definitely getting better <laughs> at saying no to like custom projects, and you know I feel like before I would just do them, and but now it's kind of like I gotta pick and choose how much I can take on and I don't know I'm just getting better at kind of not like over doing it and taking more time for myself and things like that. Have you ever hired anybody to come in? Has that ever been uh, something that you've utilized as far as uh, help? Yeah I mean I do have help. My friend helps me out and Keith helps me out a lot. Uh, My girls will come in what he did so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely can't do it all myself, and just just moving furniture alone is, you know, it's a lot of work. That's something we've talked about on the podcast before. Is just the you, when you look at the furniture finishing from beginning to the ending stage, there's so much involved in it, and we've talked about the importance of really thinking through what are the the proper ways to lift mm-hmm. and move. Because I know, if I'm not mistaken, you've struggled with some back issues periodically too, as, as many folks have. So you got to be really careful. Yeah, I just the past month, I was my back was bugging me, and so it kind of slowed me down a bit. But yeah, I just I have to be careful uh, lifting things. And you know, when when I was younger, I would go to someone's house and take it down from the third floor, and like you know. They had something they were selling or dragging right. out of the basement. <laughs> and I'm like, now the first question I ask is, is it accessible? <laughs> is it in the garage? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that, like, you know, 20s, 30s youthful energy just drives you sometimes to make decisions that aren't always wise decisions when it yeah. comes to that kind of thing? 
my wife and I laugh because right after we um, we added onto our home, we built a, an upstairs, and this is actually where I'm at here. And the the couch that's right behind me is very very heavy, and it's one of those couches that opens up into a bed. And once once this all got done, that couch was downstairs at the bottom of the steps. And it was in the evening. It was about, I don't know, it might have been about nine o'clock in the evening. And we both were like, we're so excited to get this couch upstairs. And to this day, we're like, how in the world <laughs> did we get this couch upstairs? I mean, it yeah. is really heavy. And, and the steps, there's 16 steps to get up here. So we were like, my word, how did we do that? And, uh, but it's that youthful energy and drive. But, you know, when you do stuff like that, even then, you may hurt yourself and you don't really realize that you've done damage. So it's important oh, yeah. to be careful even even then as well. Well, Krista, it's really been good uh, to finally take a tour of your shop, to sit down with you and uh, learn more about all these different businesses that you have. I know a lot of people look up to you. A lot of people follow you, admire what you've done and uh, and what you've been able to accomplish. And so... Folks want to glean from people who are successful. And so everything that you've shared has been really helpful. And thank you as well, I might add, <laughs> for being our first guest on uh, the podcast that went from just uh-huh. audio to video audio. So yeah. we're excited about that. So thank, thanks again so much. We, we've we known you for a long time and, and appreciate you. You're an integral part of the community. And so we want to say thank you for that as well. And thanks for coming on. I'm right back at you, Lane. <laughs> thank you. Good. Well, if you're game, we'll have you back on again sometime soon. Sure. This week's refinishing tip comes from Jenna with Happy Valley Restorations. Hi, this is Jenna with Happy Valley Restorations, and my tip for painting and furniture refinishing would be when you're painting a dark, uh, a dark or a light color, you can prime with another color so you're not using as much of the color that you're painting with. For instance, if you are painting with black, you can prime with a light or a dark gray and then do your black. Or if you're using white, you can prime with a light gray and then use your white. It will just save less of the um, actual color and you'll find that the coverage is much better. I hope that helps during your furniture refinishing and your painting. Um, Thanks for joining. Great tip on priming, Jenna. We thought it would be fun to hear from a few of our friends today as they share where they live and what they're working on in their studios this week. Hi, I'm Katie from Furniture Refreshed in Connecticut, and this week I'm going to be working on this wardrobe cabinet. Hey I'm Bonnie, and this is my son Ollie, and we're half of Cornflower Restorations. We're not going to be working on any pieces this week because we're on our way to Turkey. Uh, we're currently in Qatar and feeling quite jet-lagged. Anyway, have a great week. Hi, I'm Story with Furniture Story from Wisconsin, and I'm working on this antique tiger oak for this week. I'll be using my zebra paintbrushes as well. Hi, I'm Katie from Furniture Refreshed in Connecticut, and this week I'm going to be working on this wardrobe cabinet. Hi, I'm Story with Furniture Story from Wisconsin, and I'm working on this antique tiger oak for this week. I'll be using my zebra paintbrushes as well. Hi, 
I'm Anja with Anush Designs from Germany and this week I'll be working on some custom chairs in my studio that my client asked me to refinish for her. Thanks for sharing Katie, Bonnie, Story and Anya. The Zebra Review category theme for October is Benches. Our featured judge is Lauren Schwachino with Portland Road Living. If you have refinished a bench from January 1st through October 31st of 2023, simply use the hashtag ZebraBenches. Lauren will pick her five favorites, then the remaining judges, Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, Katie Cloud with Katie Company and Home, and our new judges, Jen and Amanda with the Vintage Sisters, will vote out of Lauren's selections to choose the three winners. This month's prize sponsors are Mud Paint, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Painting. And welcome, Jen and Amanda, to the Zebra Review. So nice to have you on the judging panel. Thanks for joining us. We are grateful for each of you. All links to artists will be in this week's show notes. We can't tell you how encouraged we are when we hear from you or when we read your reviews on one of the podcast directories. Speaking of podcast directory reviews, would you consider leaving one on your favorite directory if you haven't already? This helps tremendously in our ability to reach more people as well. It is a big boost to our ranking. As a thank you for leaving a review, we would like to send you a small gift. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Put podcast review in the subject heading and include your full name and mailing address. 